0: Welcome into the fourth motherbox, ladies, gents, Lemmy fans. Murder One—that Metallica song we just opened up with—it's about Lemmy, the lead man, bass player of Motorhead. May he rest in peace. Um, but his amp was called Murder One, or his 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 setup. But uh, I'm getting into it. That's uh that riff right there. Before I introduce our co-host, I heard that before the album was out. They played that the night before. The night before. Uh, or the night before at the Super Bowl. They played that before Battery. I remember hearing that. I was like, that's new. Um, fun times, but I am Tom Mulgrey. Welcome into the 4th Mother Box. You are here today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Ginger Appropriation Day. We've already passed that. Um, happy, I don't know, five-day belated, but this is the first time we're recording. Birthday to loyal listener advised Mike Norod. He's 67 this week. Um... And joining me as always, hi, I'm Tom Ogre if I didn't say that, is Kyle Cosentino. Kyle, how the hell are you today?
1: Uh, well, you know, I hate, uh, for all the advances in technology, technology is also kind of a piece of shit. So I'm coming to you for my cell phone today because my computer just decided, you know what, I'm not going to turn on today. So that's, that's always great. You are putting, so,
0: um, putting too much fish porn into it again? You going to Pornhub and typing fish porn, and then?
1: Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, I just like uh like Kanye West says on South Park. I just like I like fish sticks. There you so,
0: go. You you heard it first on the fourth motherbox on March 18th at about nine fourteen Eastern Standard Time eight fourteen Central Standard Time. Kyle likes fish dicks. Um, how's your week, Kyle? Besides the computer issues.
1: Uh, other than that, it's good. I this is the part of the year where I hate like everybody here is miserable because the weather just keeps teasing us because it's nice one day and then it's fucking brutally cold the other day and we're all just sick of it. so yeah I don't I don't know if I'm gonna make it to like like if, when I retire from work one day I don't think I'm just gonna be like, well, you know what I'm just gonna continue to stay in Chicago or the upper Midwest like why would anybody decide to do that? I, so
0: you're asking the wrong person because I clearly made that yep. decision. <laughs> yep. um, but the nice thing is, Kyle, the nice thing is, and I don't care about anything else you got going on in your life, but the nice thing is, is as an adult, you can just pick up and go whenever you feel like it.
1: That is true. And I am going to pick up and go down to the wonderful World of Walt Disney in a couple of weeks yes, so I cannot wait
0: 20 days I think 3 weeks from yesterday you're, you're getting in late and uh, 3 weeks from today we'll have our Guardians of the Galaxy boarding group um, see what song we'll get we'll be wrecking that up um, and then Kyle and I uh, Courtney will be with us a little bit during the day but obviously she is pregnant so she'll be leaving to go back home and chillax since you and I will be putting a full day into the parks on Saturday um Hell yeah! Yeah, we're gonna park hop to studios at about two. We'll take the skyline over. We'll we'll sneak out the world showcase there. Take the skyline over to studios. You know, we'll do rides with resistance. Hit up about Two. Kyle needs to see Mandalorian and Grogu, so we'll we'll check that out. Um, and then I uh, every year for, I, I've just am starting to do Savis for my birthday, and mine and Kyle's birthdays are three days apart. And I decided to do Savis a little earlier this year um, when Kyle's out. So. Kyle, you get to see the Savis experience, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this experience into my Halcyon character, Lias Orion, too. So this will be good. I can't wait for you to see the set, uh, uh, a Savis. It's it's so freaking cool. Like I just want to
1: keep. Yeah. Back. Yeah, I'm I'm like really excited to see this because I I built the droid last time I was there, and now I need to see how a lightsaber is put together. So. This will be really cool.
0: Absolutely. My favorite part of that is when you get to pick out your Kyber Crystal. Uh, it's so much fun. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Then, yeah, then um, Kyle and I were talking last night uh, when I was waiting for Shazam 2 to start. I did see that last night, opening night. And I'll get into my spoiler free thoughts in a little bit. But um, I noticed the weekend you were coming out, Kyle, that the Super Mario movie is out that weekend, too. I was like, we got to see that. So we're we're celebrating Easter Sunday by going to see super mario and then we're like right after like i booked i i booked these close as fuck <laughs> like our movies i like, got 130 and then t-rex is 330 but i looked it up and super mario is 90 minutes so that we should be okay because we're seeing the movie and uh see the super mario movie in disney springs so uh it's gonna be a good easter sunday zombie jesus will have risen cal l will have risen um we, we would have celebrated our fourth fourth mother talk and our 2 year episode 2 year anniversary of uh, fourth mother box man this episode right now is episode 96 it's crazy and then you're, when you're out here it's uh yeah when you're out here it'll be like 98 or 99 something like that um but we're just when we do fourth mother talk i think we could just call it the celebration of our 100th and 2 year anniversary cuz this, this podcast, man, you know, it it it, um, it bred from Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, Kyle, if you don't mind, I want to transition right into that because I did not see this news coming this week. There's two things from the Snyderverse. Like, it just refuses to die. And that's, like, a good and bad thing. It's a, good, it's a bad thing because it keeps pulling my ass back in. <laughs> it's a good thing, though, because, you know... Re- Rebellions are built on hope, so uh, what I'm alluding to, and, and Kyle knows, and because we speculated a little bit, was like all of a sudden, and Zack Snyder likes uh, the social media platform Vero. Um, I've never got on it; like I would literally just go on it to follow Zach, but his stuff always pours over to like Instagram and stuff. So maybe I'll check Vero out one day. I, I really can't add another um, social media presence unless i do it for like jedi talk or fourth mother box but he posts on there like incoming transmission and then right all of a sudden you're like oh my god that's that's ray porter that's dark side from from justice league from zack snyder's justice league and he's like incoming uh, transmission from dark side and then it's just like there were dates april 20th to april 30th and then like let me just stop there before we get into speculation, Kyle. What was like your initial reaction to like seeing that and hearing that?
1: Yeah, I don't. Um, I did not see this coming. I I thought like everybody else that the Snyderverse was effectively dead. So I can't even begin to imagine what this means. I mean, you know, for everything that James Gunn had talked about, you know, he has a vision for the future. And it, it was not Zack Snyder's version. So, um, and especially with like the sales of, you know, the ticket sales from these past movies that Zack Snyder released, which still to this day, I find a bit funny. It was just really, I don't know. I just really didn't expect it. So I'm really curious to see what this means. I hope it's not just like some, I don't know, just some like teasing bullshit you know what i mean like well we're gonna like there's gonna be i don't know like an animated well i guess like even like if they did like an animated show of like Zack snyder's verse i would be f- i would be happy with that i would like oh, so say, would you know it's not ideal but at least you could finish he could finish the story that he started and that would be really cool um I think, again, I've said this a million times before. Fuck you, Brad, for making fun of me about you know being mad about Henry Cavill every podcast. But, you know, you need, you need to give these characters a good send-off. You can't just end it abruptly because there is a loyal fan base here. It very much is. I mean, we've seen this in Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? That version, the four-hour version. Everybody unanimously loved it. I'm not talking about the Marvel fanboys that will just... Uh, you know, be obsessed with any shit they Marvel throws on the screen. Um, you know, it was a, it was a good it was a good it was what we wanted. You know, and I think all ju- uh, DC fans can agree to that. I mean, this is this was a good good story. So we need we need a good ending for them.
0: I I completely agree with you, and thousand percent right. Especially the point you made about a character send-off, right? Just like letting that version of Clark Kent Cal L complete a story like he really didn't like yeah Batman vs. Superman in all intents and purposes in in Zach even said like this is Man of Steel 2 right right now right it wasn't properly Man of Steel 2 but I still would have preferred a solo Cavill Superman movie but it's neither here nor there right future's future whatever the Rock actually spoke out um, I, I, I can't remember what ass kissing glad handing award show was this past weekend but Rock was, Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I saw this. I saw this, and it seemed like when that reporter asked him the question, he, like, was really caught off guard by it. Because he kind of, like, didn't... It seemed like he kind of had to think a minute for a minute, like, what to say about it. But I think he spoke professionally. Uh, but yeah. not what he really wanted to say, because he seemed like he was maybe still a bit pissed. And he, rightfully so, because they just... They just like bullshitted him. They bullshitted all of us. Uh,
0: a thousand percent. And you know, celebrities are celebrities, right? The Rock has got an ego to him. I I can recognize it and sure. understand that absolutely. Um, and you know, to a point, rightfully so, right? Like I don't know if you if you've I've followed The Rock for a very long time. I read his first um, autobiography. I I I, I read. You know, a little bit after that of what he's released, you know, I followed the Rock his whole wrestling career. Not like I didn't faithfully follow him, his movies. I saw them, but right, but like, like you, you, like, you know, this dude's like literally, and this isn't a cliche, but he's the hardest worker in the fucking room, right? Like, like, no one's going to out hustle this guy, no one's going to out work him. He remembers where he came from, and if you watch the his comedy sitcom on NBC, Young Rock, which I highly, I can't tell you guys, if you're looking for something to watch, be entertained. You don't need to know about wrestling, but it's so funny. Like I don't know who's writing this, um, or like who's got like like, but but like the characters in Rock's family, his his grandmother is hilarious. The actress who plays his mom, and even his de- the the actor who plays his father, Rocky Johnson, they're all so good. Um And then when you when you see wrestlers in that show like Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and or no Ultimate Warrior or uh, uh, Macho Man and like Andre the Giant, it's like it's topical, it's funny, it's it's good stuff. But it tells you like he came from the bottom and he rose up, and he's a consummate professional. But like to your point, Kyle, when they were talking to him, you could tell the the gears were spinning. Like he was like talking himself off, going (laughs) full, you know, rock on him. He's like, well, you know, you're rolling, shut your mouth, sir, brony. The Rock's going to lay the smack down on your candy ass for asking such a stupid question. You know, you could tell The Rock wanted
1: to do that. <laughs> that would have been it. hilarious. Oh, I would have died. If, if she asked him that, that question, <laughs> and then he's like, he just like stares at her for a minute, and he's like, what is your name? And she's like, oh, blah, blah. <laughs> that doesn't matter what your name is. He's oh my like, God. <laughs> Why he... didn't he do that? Oh, Why no. didn't he do that? That would have been the greatest thing ever. Maybe he would have gotten a lot of shit for it, but that would have been like that would break the internet. Oh my god, why didn't he do that?
0: I know. I know. It would have been funnier if he did it and just walked off like he like typical rock would, but <laughs> um
1: He just if, goes into like some like five minute like monologue about his hatred from for WB and and the shit they did to Henry Cavill. The yeah. Rock says this.
0: And then he drops a rock bottom on the reporter. Um
1: <laughs> But yeah. That would have been a
0: clear. Yeah, yeah. So so The Rock answered very professionally and just gave a PC answer and he was like, you know, look, you know, changes were made and that wasn't the vision, yada yada yada. So it's you know, it's just like this stuff just won't die. And you know, to go back to Snyder's announcement, now let's let's slow the horses a little bit here, right? Everyone wants in their heart of hearts, like us fans of what Zach actually shared in the original DCEU universe that was built right in royally messed up my god royally messed up i need to stop here because i think this is a good part to put this part of the story in so i don't know if you saw this kyle this is i actually caught this this morning when i was reviewing news for the show but since i made the mention of royally screwing up the um DCEU you know originally right you know it started with the chopping of Batman versus Superman you know the chopping up of Suicide Squad right after that so David Ayer on Twitter revealed a major plot de- detail that was cut from his Suicide Squad movie the one that doesn't get a lot of love um, that originally cast Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn Will Smith as Deadshot um, Kara uh, Delvine, right, as enchantress, and so on and so forth. Um, this is what spawned James Gunn's the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad movie, which is kind of like a soft reboot. But he made mention, and I screenshotted his tweet exactly. So I want to make sure I'm not mixing my words here. But this is from David Ayer. This was posted um, Thursday, actually, so Thursday night. The script issue was having Steppenwolf and the Parademons stripped out prior to production. Enchantress was under the control of a mother box and opening a portal to Apocalypse. This was all cut early in prep. That was a hard loss. So why the fuck would you cut such an incredible plot detail that would have connected that universe, especially if you had played Zack's Vision out originally? I don't get this. Like, what was Warner Brothers so scared about?
1: I don't know. They, they, I mean, again, we're revisiting, like, their their big failure with this. I know, I know. Like, they, they just couldn't handle this franchise, and it seemed like there was too many cooks in the kitchen with it. Like, you know, you see them, you know, they, they come up with a great movie, and then... All these executives probably came in and just chopped it up because they think they know what fans want, and they, they only have like the Marvel universe to, uh, to go by, which is like a, a terrible, terrible thing to set the standard to. And it doesn't work. You know, DC is a darker universe. Not all characters, of course, but you have to write it differently. It's more of a serious, serious story. Like, look what happens when you, you, you put out movies like, like Joker or the Batman. Um, or even Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. This is like a serious written film. It's, there's not cheese attached to it. And look how good it it, it what came of it. Yeah. You know, you write it differently and people will come out peep that's actually that's a good contrast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know? Like you get something different and people want to see it because right now we all have MCU fatigue. Yes. Especially after, you know, especially after Quantumania. Which, you know, wasn't a, again, wasn't an effectively bad film, but y- you kind of knew what you were getting. Right. And obviously there were s- some things that were big missteps with it, so.
0: Yep, yep, yep. thousand percent. So, again, so moving along from that, right, you know, it's, it's, it pains me to hear more details that are chopped from Suicide Squad, because it sounded like that was connectivity city there, and I love that, but, and, and this is why the DCEU failed, right? Warner Brothers' fault. We already know that. But so it's like, if there's any sort of life to the Snyderverse, like, we all get our hopes up, right? About what can happen, especially with Zack talking about this now and being vague about it. And he's being vague on purpose, people. He's trying to get, he's going to get all the major media outlets to tune into whatever he's going to got going on. And this can just be SnyderCon, or also known as JusticeCon, Zach's you know, little, like, fan convention where he, Goes over projects and and talks about certain things. I mean, but then he, like he just straight up, he straight up uses Darkseid's name, right, and gets Ray Porter, who's not under contract with Warner Brothers or, or anything, to my knowledge. But um, and he, he uses a promotion, right? Uh, you know, he he promotes it. I, I, it's it's just there's something here, and it's like it very well may end up being like a theatrical release a re-release of Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman Ultimate Edition, and then a theatrical release of Zack Snyder's Justice League, possibly. You know? Because we didn't technically get that. Or it's just... I mean, best best case scenario is kind of what Kyle alluded to earlier, right? Um, you're like, we're going to see this finished out on screen, right? I'm going to get to write my parts two and three and they're going to be Elseworlds. Or, we're going to make an animated Elseworlds version and complete this story.
1: Um... But, you know, but- there. I would say, though, like, the only disadvantage that Zack Snyder has is that there's such animosity surrounding his version of of the Justice League, you know? Like, I know you and I will love it, and there's a good fan base that loves it, but then, like, you see it, you know, any, anytime there's any posts about anything related to Zack Snyder's Justice League characters... There's always, like, it's always so mixed. Like, there's half the side that, you know, that, that really wants this and loves this world, and the other side that are just, like, they've made up their mind, and, like, you know, they've seen 10 minutes of Man of Steel, and they just they just can't stand it. So Right. So, I don't know what, what this will look like, but in any case, the thing that's really helping is the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League, because, you know, despite everything, people love... love that depiction it's like i true. was saying so so maybe kind of like trying to build off of that because that that really just left us all hanging like it it ended really well it was just the shame you know there's a lot of l- loopholes left open um even if they did like an animated series like where they just finished out this storyline i mean think of it like a 10 episode animated series you could have your Batman story where Deathstroke comes into play, and you know try to unravel Bruce Wayne's life. You could even tie it back into the Flash, you know, or something to that effect. And by the way, I just read something this morning that
0: Tom Cruise thing.
1: About yeah, about yeah. Tom Cruise saying that he was like obsessed with the Flash, and he called Andy Machete right away to like let him know. Yeah, which is pretty, which is pretty impressive right? because Tom Cruise. You know, despite his his character, um, people's issues with his character, and him being like, you know, well, that's not really an issue, uh, I think. But (laughs) shut the fuck up, Ah. shut the fuck up. Um, You know, despite everything, like the dude's a a good filmmaker. He puts a lot into it. He probably goes far above and beyond than most other people. And this dude has broken his ribs. He's had multiple injuries just by the stunts that he's performing himself. In his sixties, like he promoted a movie like jumping out of a plane and he had a camera on him as he was like falling in the sky promoting a movie. This dude, he's he's pretty serious about the way he does movies. And I you know, I gotta give him mad props. Even Top Gun Maverick alone, just watching like the behind the scenes of how much they put into that film was like something i've never seen before so it was pretty amazing so to get that kind of uh you know an ovation from him was was interesting Uh, but i come back to him like we don't want ezra miller to continue correct we do not like that's that's just hypocritical bullshit that you're gonna have even have him in this movie because let's face it like the dude I don't... He's just got too much. He's just got too much shit, and, and maybe he's he hasn't been proven guilty yet, but I'm pretty sure that's... We're not going to be shocked. We're not going to be shocked by this. I so, in I second, don't know what... Yeah,
0: I believe in second chances and third and fourths to an extent, you know, depending on the situation. And this situation with Ezra is interesting, right? You know, mental health is a real thing, and I'm pretty sure there's problems that he's facing with that. Um, But then again... I I, you know we're not we're not in that headspace but um, you know from a public perception standpoint it's like Warner Brothers come on you got to cut ties with him right because then you look back and I always bring it up I always bring her up but Gina Carano you know if Disney were to bring her back and they might for season four if she wants to do it she might say middle finger right back to Disney right and come back as Cara Dune for the Mandalorian but it's like Marvel did the same thing with James Gunn. And DC's okay with hiring James Gunn as their goddamn CEO of everything after his, you know, tweets about child porn or I God knows what it was forever ago. And he was trying to be funny, right? And, you know, I respect his attempts to be try to be funny and, and kind of break the barriers, but it's just like it wasn't funny, so just stop. And, you know, he gets a pass, and there's so many other people who get a pass. Alec Baldwin killed somebody, but he's, he's you know probably still going to get work so it's it's you just you gotta you know you gotta draw will line.
1: smith is will smith is too well not that like not that he really did something that was so god-awful like i don't what, i don't even slapping care
0: chris rock oh fuck that who gives yeah. a shit he's talking about the man well, the man's wife who has will smith's balls in her purse
1: well the other thing is is like at what point do we we draw the line because you know, th- there's almost like there's no personal accountability. You know, I get mental illness, like people have that, people have mental illness, people have drug problems, but does it give you an excuse? Does it, it like, does it always give you an excuse to act Correct. in the ways that he acted? Correct. So, like, so it's it's just kind of like other issues. Like, you know, if you fuck up, you could just claim, well, I have a mental illness. Like, I mean, why didn't you get treatment? You know, wh- why didn't you take your medication? Or like, if you're doing drugs, go to fucking rehab. Look at our man James Hetfield; he's he's been in rehab a couple times, and we don't we don't really know his what's you know his personal story is. But this dude is taking responsibility for his shit, which you, you got to give him credit for that. Um,
0: yes, I don't
1: know. I just I just I just hate that part of our society in in Hollywood. It's it's like it doesn't really matter what you do. As long as you're making us money, that's fine.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Metallica, and um, those judgy people I know, uh, I've talked to my wife at length about this. But So obviously, um, Lily, if you ever go back and listen to these episodes when you're old enough to listen to what I thought was funny probably 20 years ago... Um, I uh with Lily coming April 20 or the due date April 22nd uh Kyle well Kyle and I and Courtney too had tickets to see Metallica in Phoenix at State Farm Stadium uh for the first time ever. I have never done this before but just goes show you how important this part of my life is going to be for Courtney and I but I sold the Metallica tickets. Um I I can't remember if I said that on, online but sold them actually sold them to a coworker. Who lives um and a and a friend, I, I say coworker, but also a friend, more importantly, who's gonna get a uh, uh, friend Nick who's gonna take us get to take his son to see Metallica for the first time. The first time for Nick too, so that's so freaking cool. So excited to be able to uh, be able to give them that experience there on the floor. But the part I was saying I talked to Courtney with, um, a few months after Lily is born, Metallica's playing in Saint Louis. So I went and snagged tickets. Actually, while I was getting the seventy-two seasons tattooed on my back, I bought tickets for the Snake Pit of the St. Louis show. Um, I unfortunately had to buy it from a secondary market, but um, I think it's worth it for the band.
1: Some of the, the that secondary market is out of control. It is so out of control You're because right. I was looking at some of the shows and I just, just like the yeah, like. Some of the ticket prices for like the Snake Pit and shit like that, it 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 almost is as much as the fucking meet and greet with Metallica. It is just, it is insane. It's just like, you know, if you didn't want to work, you could just say, you know what, I'm gonna buy tickets for popular artists and wait maybe a couple months and then just repost it and sell mm-hmm. it and and get it and make out like a bandit. Mm-hmm. Like I have re- I haven't sold my tickets yet, but you know when i when i uh, was looking at the prices of you know what they recommend it's just insane it's absolutely insane that that you know people can just do this and it's like and this is not getting like an extra 20 bucks back from what you paid no sometimes a shit ton well, here, i'm like yeah here's like it's that's it, insane
0: yeah here's i i've got no no problem because i i legitimately waited for a bonus to hit, you know. I'm eligible for one every year with the job I have, so I waited. To, I waited for that to hit to buy this, and I have no problem sharing how much I paid. This is a sink. This is just just for me. I'm, I'm going to St. Louis. Nobody else is coming with. And I, I'm, this is a snake pit. A snake pit ticket. So this is in the middle. Uh, their stage is going to be in the round. I've never. Well, I was I was in the snake pit in Phoenix in 2017, but it was that really wasn't technically in the round, but um. So, like, the stage is going to be around it. So, they'll be walking literally in a circle around the snake pit. And then general admission, the floor will be everything else outside of the inner circle and the stage. But for one ticket, just for me, for for two shows, it'll be the Friday and Sunday. Um, The ticket price alone was $686. That's for two shows. Um, And fucking fees. And this is through SeatGeek. $233.05 for a total of $919.00 and a nickel.
1: You know, and this that's that's the thing too is as much as I love going to concerts, especially going to Metallica, I don't wanna give these companies my money just because that is egregious. I know. You know, I can understand like a five or ten dollar fee, but holy shit, that is insane. I forgot who it was that I read a while ago where like the ticket fees were more than the tickets itself. Ugh. Like it that's a thing that that's something that exists. Like, that, that is something that has happened. And how do we get to this point where we're saying, you know what, this is okay. People, it just shows, like, that people, if people want something, they don't give a shit what, what companies charge, you know. And and that's setting a terrible, terrible standard. Because then other companies will be like, well, you know what, we're going to charge $1,000 for yep. some, like... Yeah, like Winston's
0: fired up, too. God, every fucking Sunday.
1: Yeah, you, you <laughs> you tell him Winston. it's like i yeah i just think that's like i i just think that's really criminal it really is and people need to exercise some self control and say no you know it's not okay it's not, it's really not okay
0: well look i'm telling you like i bet you Metallica has talked about this because did you just recently like like Metallica is so not trend setting but they're just basically like they get sick and tired of certain things and they just do it on their own right you know they got sick and tired of like the record companies so they created their own <laughs> black <laughs> uh, yeah black recordings yeah um, they just recently bought their own they they purchased a vinyl printing plant um, that Metallica now owns and they operate so it might have been a few I didn't look too too deep into it but I saw that but so Mike Metallica if you can and I don't know how hard this is but man how cool would it be if you ended up in the future for Metallica shows you could pay them directly, and like, and it goes through them, and like, they've already worked everything out. Like, cut that middleman fees out, right? Maybe it gets to a oh, point. Man. Maybe it gets to a point where like Metallica builds their own venue to play in, and it's like they play a bunch of shows, but like you have to come to them.
1: It's it's getting to that point, and I think we might even see this in our lifetime because with with the rise of digital technology and the ability to just get tickets online i think this was this is very this is something that could be easy that could easily happen you know what i mean it really yeah. could so i i hope it does like you know bands just decide you know what Ticketmaster, go fuck yourself with your fees and your bullshit we're gonna sell it to you directly and then if people can't go they just they just cancel their ticket and they're therefore they can't like resell it in an egregious amount so all the bots go away. Ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be like why it it seems like it's it's not that hard. It really it I, really isn't.
0: I know. I know. I know. I know. It is what it is. Uh, gone are the days where you and I and Mike and all of our, you know, Joe, all of our Metallic buddies, Tim, would go wait in line at Carson Perry Scott for that Ticketmaster kiosk upstairs <laughs> at the Chicago yeah, Edge Yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. The good old days. Yep. God,
0: tickets were a lot cheaper back then too. But whatever. I don't know. I'm not. I understand why prices have risen. And, and to, to be fair, like Metallica tickets, they have not grown that badly over the years. Yeah. Like I they wish, haven't. Yeah. They, I they always feel like I've I've paid about the same, if not give or take twenty or thirty dollars up or down. So anyway, we could talk about Metallica forever. But holy shit, Kyle! 27 days till 72 seasons, dude. God damn!
1: Yeah, I can't that's wait. that's hard to believe. That it's is really really uh be interesting.
0: Hard word, uh, self to Believe, oh, I'll be here all night. Try yeah. the deal. Um, a little bit more on the Snyder verse side of things, like uh, with an in, in, in a interview with Hollywood Reporter, Mr. Ben Affleck, um, made the following statements, Kyle. So he said the Justice League experience, the fact that those stories became somewhat repetitive to me and less interesting. Yeah, I did finally figure out how to play that character, Batman, and I nailed it in the flash. For the five minutes I'm there, it's really great. A lot of it's just tone. You've got to figure out what's your version of the person. Who is the guy that fits what you can do? I tried to fit myself into a Batman. And by the way, I like a lot of the stuff we did, especially the first one, Batman vs. Superman. So, and then they asked him a question. Isn't that because Zack Snyder's fans are so intense online? Um, th- these are just bits and pieces from the, from the uh, uh, they, they aren't really in se- sequential order. So the question, isn't that because Zack Snyder's fans are so intense online? He said, say what you want, but it's my highest rated career movie. I've never had one that went from nadir to pinnacle. Retroactively, it's a hit. All of a sudden, I was getting congratulated for the bomb I'm in, and he's talking about the original Justice League, the Whedon one. But I was going to direct a Batman, and Justice League made me go, I'm out. I never want to do any of this again. I'm not suited. That was the worst experience I've ever seen in a business, which is full of some shitty experiences. It broke my heart. There was an idea of someone, Joss Whedon, coming in like, I'll rescue you, and we'll do 60 days of shooting, and I'll write the whole thing around what you have. I've got the secret. And it wasn't the secret. That was hard. And I started to drink too much. I was back at the hotel in London. It was, the, it was either that um, and I don't know what else he said because that's that's the only thing I took. But look, J- Joss Whedon made fucking Ben Affleck drink. Like that's how shitty that situation was, and how bad of a reaction Justice League got. Okay, this is this is what we keep talking about. And then here's finally the headline that came out of this. Um, so if DC came to you now and said, "Do you want to direct something?" Ben Affleck said, "I would not direct something for the James Gunn DC. Absolutely not." I have nothing against James Gunn. Nice guy. Sure, he's going to do a great job. I just wouldn't want to go and direct in the way they're doing that. I'm not interested in that. That's a lot yeah, to I just, say. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. That doesn't. I mean, I feel like he's saying, "Well, Zack, um, James Gunn is a is a good dude, but it doesn't it also doesn't inspire confidence?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Are you taking a Mondo I, Duke
0: in the bathroom or something?
1: No. <laughs> Why?
0: It sounded like it sounded like you went on speakerphone for a second there. It was weird.
1: Oh shit, that's weird. Um.
0: I, uh. You heard it here, nine forty-seven Eastern. You caught Kyle taking a dump on Fourth Motherbox. Um, as we yeah, move forward. Well, it,
1: no, you, you forget. I only take dumps when I'm listening to Jedi talk.
0: Ah, it makes you poop. Yeah. You're not the only one.
1: Well, if you're taking a shit, you have to listen to some shit. So, you might as well as turn on Jedi Talk.
0: That's a long dump. Like you're on you're on the toilet from like forty five minutes to an hour listening to us.
1: I mean, it's it. it wow, Winston agrees with me. He does. I'm just wow. going to turn
0: the microphone to him. I just let him finish.
1: <laughs> you, you tell him, Winston.
0: He's probably yelling at some resort fat. walking by outside. Probably, yeah. Probably. So anyway, um, Kyle, you should get the sixty-minute shits checked out. It's a long time; uh, your legs fall asleep and stuff. So, um, but
1: I, first of all, let me let's 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 talk about this for a second. Yeah. like This phenomenon that exists, I, I'll never understand how people can take an hour dump. Like really, like it takes you an hour to dump you. Like you sit in your own filth, reading books and shit. Like, I never understood this
0: phenomenon. Get in and get out. You're a a soul. (laughs) One dookie slide, and then you're out. One pinch, done. I'm a one-pinch sitter. (laughs) I don't do anything more than a one-pinch. I spend the time in there, one pinch for breeze, I'm done. Wash the hands, we're good. Six minutes, top. One pinch, plop. Sometimes two, depending.
1: Is that from something? No,
0: no. But I was trying to channel my inner Larry David, so...
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, this is a Larry David issue. I'm surprised that he hasn't talked about this, but it is true. Like, why would you like decide to read or like play in your phone while you're sitting on the toilet where you're smelling all your shit? Like, get off the toilet. You could go read on your couch. Like just God. get in and get get the fuck out.
0: The people who do this, you have to understand these these are husbands who are so upset with the fiasco. Of, I was gonna say something, but I won't. A fiasco of what they married, right? So it's like they're sick and tired. Like they're they're they they, they've they've got the obese dad bod, right? You know, terrible diet. You know, they're 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 wrecking their lover every night. You know, you know, lying about having to work overtime. They just sit in the parking lot of a Wendy's, and then they come home and they're like, "Well, gotta go take a shit." Hello, Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you, you, uh, yeah, we got dropped for a second oh, there. Oh, weird,
0: weird. Well, anyway, I was sharing with you. I
1: heard ob- 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 obese dad bod.
0: Okay, yeah, so you got the obese dad bod sitting on the toilet for 60 minutes because he just hates his family. So they spend all the time in there on their phone to to get away. Either that or they have some serious and and gastrointestinal. And I lost you again. Problem. Jesus Christ, I can hear you just fine. Um... Welcome to the fourth motherbox. If you're listening for the first time, for whatever reason, our technical difficulties are quite possibly the worst. And it said reconnecting, and we should be back. Are you there?
1: I'm here. I blame uh, Skype.
0: It it did look it like a Skype issue. Yeah.
1: Dell computers must own Skype because uh, they both suck.
0: I think it's a Microsoft thing, but fuck it. Oh, fucking oh, oh, code yeah. ass. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Microsoft sucks too.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, people who hate their family poop for an hour. That's, that's science. So
1: so you you hate your family so much that you would rather sit and smell your own shit for an hour than spend time with your family that you hate. That's really saying something.
0: Yeah, these people have problems. Gastrointestinal and mental. So in any event, um, we'll, we'll keep DC real quick before we jump into uh, uh, Pedro Pascal's world, but um, I did see Shazam 2 last night, and I just have some spoiler-free thoughts. Um, right off the bat, since you mentioned Ant-Man, it's a lot better than Ant-Man. Uh, like, a lot better than Ant-Man. Which isn't saying much, right? Um, and again, Ant-Man 3 wasn't a terrible movie. It just, meh. meh you know? That's how I feel about it. Um, Shazam 2, I went into it again. And I was telling Courtney this last night. It's like, I just don't know what to think about this movie because it's like kind of the soft rebooted start of the DCU, right? That's what James Gunn said. This is the first movie before The Flash, which like reboots everything. So it's like you want to be invested, but then it's like how much investment can you make? You don't even know if these this this Shazam and the Shazam family are going to continue, right? So it's like you don't know what to put into it. And that's what I went into it. So I, I was kind of actually leaning towards like, uh, I, I I just don't know how I'm going to feel about this, right? You know, my excitement was there, but it wasn't like the excitement I had for The Flash or I've had for other DC movies, right? I had more excitement for Birds of Prey than I had for this. And I like this movie more than I like Birds of Prey. Um, so Shazam 2, is just, you know what's awesome It's it's is that I really love the Shazam family characters. I love their dynamic. They they all have a they have really good chemistry together, um, and they do a good job of the movie. and David Sandberg, I think, did a really good job building this Shazam world thus far. and I and I, and I hope he gets a chance to. <laughs> as Winston runs in here with his turkey leg toy, um, <laughs> this dog's like a fucking toddler. He's five years old.
1: Yeah. Uh, get- yeah, this maybe is a good preview for what's to come.
0: Yeah, clearly, clearly, that's fine. Whatever, I don't give a shit. Um, so, uh, the, the like, like David Sandberg does just a really good job of like meshing the or creating this world and splitting between the the adults like versions of these characters, and then when they're like the superheroes, like Darla, the 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 youngest, the little girl, she still acts like. You know, I think she's like eight or something like that. Maybe, maybe a little younger. She still acts like that, but it, it works so well. It's like a superhero, and it's you know, um, you know, the comedy, which these the the levity, which you know, we felt burnout from. Um, um these these the uh, burnout that that you uh, feel from these. Uh, MCU movies, right? The comedy is part of it, right? The The comedy is like, all right, all right, they made a joke when they didn't need to make a joke. Like the levity here in this movie, right? And and it's done well. Marvel has, as you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is, is, a, is a good example of that, right? It was good. But the problem is they just, they did that to an extreme. But with Shazam 2, and even the first Shazam, because uh, Courtney and I watched it Thursday night in prep for last night, it's just, it seems more natural especially with these characters they're like teens they're they're younger they're 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 just it just makes sense yeah so it's just the dynamic amongst these the family members the shazam family those those kids so to speak even though they're you know closer to 18 than they were in the first flick it's good it does a good job the the levity in this movie was good it was it was done well you know, it was a good story, and one of the things I really liked the most—and this will be the last spoilerly thing I say about it, our b- last thing, uh, spoiler-free thing, or thing at all—I say about it. Yeah, Winston, you couldn't have waited while we took that break there. Um, is that, um, like, the the runtime is uh, a little over two hours, like two hours and ten minutes, and it did not feel long. And I like that they allowed this movie to breathe at two hours and ten minutes. They didn't shove too much into this movie. You know the villains were fine. They weren't the best, like like the greatest DC villains ever, right? They were created for the movie, but they were fine, and the story made sense, right? Um, it's just I'm I'm just happy. Like like you could tell that they didn't do like stupid jump cuts and cut out like a certain part of the scene, like like the shit that they had done before. Like, I feel like they're learning their lessons. And it's like, it's, it's crazy when you allow a producer, a director, I'm sorry, a director and somebody with the vision to see said vision be completed. You get an actually good movie. So, um, there's two after-movie scenes. There's a mid-credits and a post-credits scene. The mid-credits scene is the more important one. That's the future of the DCU, I think. It's like... Characters we've already seen before. Um, interesting. Yeah, who who are there? So so you'll see, you'll see. So I'd be interested to hear your I'm thoughts.
1: Kinda, I'm kind of interested to uh, see the Wonder Woman cameo. I don't know. That's yeah. That's uh, that'll be interesting. And I I kind of have like you know I'm not like over the moon excited to see it. I mean I don't I didn't hate the first one. I thought it was I thought it was good. It was fine. Um, you know, I just think it'll be, you know, kind of a cool, like, good flick. Yeah. Based, you know, your straightforward flick. I'm not like I'm not excited about the villains. I don't think I don't know. They just don't seem from the trailers like something that is going to be new and innovative and no, have us yeah. like.
0: It's not you know, new and innovative. It's really not. Yeah, it's not. It's. I yeah. mean, it's 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 an interesting dynamic, but they're just they serve the purpose of the movie
1: yeah i kind of figured as much so so yeah I'll, i'm, I'm gonna see it tomorrow and we'll see what happens
0: hell yeah i uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts but finally as we kind of get into closing of the show we're on to pedro pascal's world with the mandalorian chapter 19 and the last of us finale uh which kyle and i haven't a chance to chat about yet so kyle i will let you pick which universe do you want to start in first
1: well, I feel like we should talk about The Last of Us first because I have a feeling when we start talking about the other universe, it's it's going to be a, a longer and probably heated <laughs> heated discussion.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, we could also save the the heated parts, but I want you to share your thoughts now. But we could save the heated parts for f- uh, Fourth Mother Talk Four in a few weeks too, because it's th- it's just anyway. Get on about The Last of Us. I want to hear your thoughts about the finale.
1: Well, I know everybody loves this. I know everybody's happy about it. I'm I'm happy about it too. I think they did a good job, but it is so copy and paste. Like they they almost offered like nothing new to this story. And it's again, you know, I just come back to like when you play the video games, you've already seen the movie. Like you've already seen the TV show. Like you know exactly what's going to happen.
0: Let me stop you there, real quick. What? Oh, maybe you were about to get into that. I'm sorry. Go on.
1: I liked how they added in the part with Ashley Johnson being Ellie's Ellie's mom. Okay. Ashley Johnson obviously does the voice voiceover for Ellie in the video game. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. It's kind of like a um, it's kind of like the storyline of Blade. You know, Blade's mom gets bit by a vampire while she's giving birth, and that's why he has you DVD. know all the good parts of yeah. uh, you know being a vampire, and he's not like. You know, he's, he's got immunity towards the sun and stuff like that. So I, I like that that piece of it. I think that was good. I would still would ding this, this show on the lack of action and the lack of the infected. Yeah. I think they they really didn't prioritize that. And I, I don't really understand why. I don't particularly care for the showrunner, Neil Druckmann. I think he's written some of... Like my favorite video game franchises, obviously Uncharted and The Last of Us, but he is such a pompous ass. Like whenever I watched him in, in interviews, he's just the most pop, pompous ass I've ever seen. Really? And so I don't like, I don't really care for this dude. And you know, it's almost kind of like he does things just because he like thinks, you know, he can. Or I guess, I don't know. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and so he's. he's Promoting some sort of an agenda. I, I don't like, I don't like this dude. Um, I did like, you know, all the the Easter eggs that they did put in this show. Like I didn't actually know that Laura Bailey, who voices Abby in the second game was in the finals. Uh, you know, the final scene of this episode, you know, Laura Bailey was one of the nurses. She was covered up and You know, you'll see in part two, and I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler for the game for you, is that the doctor he shoots in the head is Abby's father, and so there's a whole there's a whole thing about that in the second game, and so I was kind of wondering, I'm like, are they really going to do anything with Abby in this scene? And they didn't, but I think it was so cool that they had a, a, a few subtle Easter eggs about this. Okay, I've heard that. I've heard that season two or game two is going to be broken up into two parts, which I think is a smart idea because, you know, that gives them more time to do the third game. If they are doing the third game, which let's face it, they probably are. Um, season two or like game two really opens up the world a lot more. Whereas the first game is more contained and focused around Joel and Ellie's story. Uh, Game 2, like, you see the rest of the world. My hope is, is that they don't go The Walking Dead, because The Walking Dead is just... I mean, The Walking Dead was on for, like, what, 11 seasons? So we've seen this this kind of play out for a long time. Hmm. I mean, inevitably, it's going to kind of get that way, but... I, I think, you know, again, like, The Last of Us was written way better than... You know, Walking Dead. Walking Dead is kind of like open-ended zombie world, whereas The Last of Us is a story. Like, it is a story about it's really Ellie's story. So, I think they're going to hopefully really play that up in season two, which obviously they probably are. I think Bella Ramsey's and Pedro Pascal is going to do really good. I mean, they've done really good job this season. I just, I don't know. I just like it. Maybe it's just me, but I, I just feel like it's. It's just very copy and paste.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's that. kind
1: of like like okay, so here would be a good example. Like, what if they made Fall in Order into a TV show and they did everything the same in the video game in the TV show? Wouldn't you be kind of like this is a little lackluster because the game graphics are effectively really good. I mean, and you see all the parts. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, I I, I, I completely agree. I agree, I agree because this is my whole. This is my like nervousness about if they ever did like a Metal Gear Solid movie franchise. It's like the fucking games are essentially a movie together, right? So it's 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 so hard to do. But I get yeah, That's that's fair feedback from you, right? Being a fan of the game, right? It's like I'm, and I'm almost happy I hadn't played the game before I watched this series because I was able to yeah. enjoy it more. You know, it's and it's like oh okay, yeah, yeah. So, but, like, I get it. And, right, if they completely copy, if, like, Fallen Order wasn't canon for whatever reason, and then they turn it into a TV show, I, I would have been like, you know, like, we've seen this, right? You know, especially if they had the same actors doing it, right? <laughs> um,
1: well, if Fallen Order becomes a TV show, what I think that they should do is, well, they, sh- they should respect, like, the plot of the game, right? They should have that, but they should, like, really change it up some. Like, or maybe even, like, you know, don't just recreate the plot of the game. Like, talk about a time, like, you know, moving forward. You know, maybe this is after the events of Jedi Survivor, or a prequel of that matter. Maybe we're talking about, like, where does Cal Kestis come from? I know they in the game, Baraka. they kind of show, you know, like, a little bit about his upbringing yeah. uh, with, uh, what is his name? Gerald DePaul, right?
0: Yeah, oh, you, oh you're saying, like, he which, trained. like, uh, planet he was born on and shit? Oh, yeah we don't know that
1: right you know like you could do like a prequel or a sequel because like most of the time people who are watching this are fans of the games and obviously fans of star wars and if you're a fan of star wars you've probably played this game like you probably have because the game is written like a like a movie and it's definitely definitely some of star wars's better works um so that's that's the way i would do it same same thing with like uncharted Uncharted kind of tried to do this with with their with their movie like it wasn't a copy and paste they they just well it kind of was in some ways but they switched it up a lot like they use a mishmash of like the first four games and just put it into a movie and that was that was fine but you know again it's kind of like well we've already seen all of this maybe I would I would just think that they're better the better way to do it would be to You know, maybe use a few things from the games, like, you know, just kind of like respect the game stuff, but then add in stuff, new stuff, you know, write something new. Don't just copy and paste it on the screen like that's because that's boring. You know, look, we've already seen this. I played The Last of Us and Uncharted a billion times. Yeah. Like, you know, so I don't know. That's that's my thing on it. And I know it's blown up and people are happy and excited. But I'm kind of like sitting here and I'm like, well, you know, it's the gamers have already played it. like know that this, this happened, you know, yeah. except for maybe the episode with um, Bill and Frank, which was which was new. I mean, yeah. if anything, like while I was I kind of criticized it a bit for not taking away from the plot of the show, at least that was new. Least that was different, like we didn't see that,
0: right? Right, and, it, and it, like, it really gave you insight into other people during this time,
1: yeah. Yeah, I just wish that they had like added a few episodes where, like, wow, I didn't know that this would happen, or wow, that's different from the uh, you know, what they did in the game, like they're in a different uh, scene or setting, and yeah, you know, something different happens, you know what I mean? Like, even Henry and Sam, you know, that's like that was while well, that was a my favorite episode. You know that was so copy and paste, and like they could have um, maybe let Henry and Sam, you know, stay alive for a bit longer. Uh-huh. I think that's what I would have done with it because then you could kind of see and connect more to these characters. And it's like when you kill off a good character right away, you're not connected to them, you know. So you don't really, you're not as invested. But when you you kill off a character that people are connected to, it has so much more weight. And so right. that's what I would. That's what I really say about The Last of Us. Again, I think they did a great job, but you know that's just some of my criticisms for that matter. I saw, what did you think?
0: Um, it was it was it was fine. It was it was good. Like I wasn't underwhelmed by any of it. It was it was a good series. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it's like the best thing ever on TV, right? Especially after learning they just kind of really copied and pasted a lot. Um, I guess the only criticism I have is just lack of. Infected, right? Just like you had mentioned, like they exist in the world we know it. Um, and there was a video that one media site posted of like them doing the voices of the of the clickers and like like the infected people. And then I just made a comment. I'm like, I'm pretty sure HBO Max like forgot that they were in this series. <laughs> so like, how do you even have? They did. Yeah. Like, how do you even they have did. this
1: footage? They were because there's there's so many different variants of the infected. It's not like the walking dead where it's just zombies. Like there are, there's like clickers, there's runners, there's bloaters, there's this giant monster resort one. In the, there's resort fatties there's a, in game two, you get like you're Abby and you're in this hospital and like, you're in this like dark hospital wing that's been barred off. And then you should get chased by this monster one. And it's, it's kind of like the house of Benevadito in, um, if I oh, said yeah. that right, in Resident Evil, Resident Evil Village, where, you know, you know you don't, you don't want to go in that house. You know you don't want to go in that house. Just like, you know, you don't want to go in this hospital wing. And it's just terrifying as fuck because this thing keeps coming at you and, you, and like, you're hitting it with everything and it won't go down. Yeah. So I don't. I, that would be my hope for for season two. Like, give us more infected. Give us a reason why people are afraid, or people, or why people are acting the way that they did, that they are.
0: Um, I still want to see. I wish The Last of Us like season two bridged the gap between game one and two, made that canon. I think that'd be really fun. Um, gives us more time with the characters, right? You know, before. You know their arc continues to play out like the video game does, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, Interesting. I'm investing. I don't know if I'll ever play the game because there's lots of games coming out coming up, but we shall see.
1: Speaking of games, I I I was started playing Gotham Knights right, and like it was, you know, I just was getting into the game, and now the game just will not work on PC. So (laughs) if that gives you any inclination. Of uh, this game, it's it's been on sale like almost every month since it debuted in October. So, yeah, I just bought kind of yeah,
0: I just bought Survivor. All um, right, pre-ordered I, it. Yeah, pre-ordered the, the the deluxe edition. Um, and I Resident see, Evil
1: Four too. Like, got a it's coming out next week. It's got a perfect ten.
0: Yeah from your from your favorite media site IGN.
1: Well, I think you know, while IGN is wrong a lot of the times, I think you really can't not give this a perfect ten because Resident Evil Four and it's the best Resident Evil ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I played the demo and I got my ass handed to me in, in, by the Chainsaw Man in the village. Like I, you always kind of like love hate that village when you roll up on it because all the villagers the, come after you.
0: The worst. And you. Yeah. Go ahead. Go on.
1: And, and you have no—they give you no ammo, and so you're just like running around, like trying to survive and trying to find extra ammo. And it's just—it's insane, insane.
0: Uh, the worst part of Resident Evil Four, in my humble opinion, is when you're in that cabin with Louis or Luis. And, oh yeah, and, like, yeah, that's all—all all, all those Las Plagas and everything come across the bridge carrying torches and shit. Like, I—that's an endless, endless amount of. Like I don't know how many times that took me when I when I played that game the first time, like holy shit, good stuff that, though.
1: That 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 uh, that area is fun when you have when you're like you've beaten the game, and you have all your your weapons upgraded. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's like fun. But yes, anyway,
0: it yes it is. Um, so anyway, Last of Us is good. Um I'd recommend watch if you haven't yet uh we'll look forward to what's coming um but let's round out today and get into a fight about the Mandalorian chapter nineteen uh listen to Jedi talk for my full like detail report like going in depth more than what Kyle and I will talk because I'm going to eviscerate him for being wrong but Kyle please tell the world why why you hated Mandalorian season three chapter nineteen the convert
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate, hate it. I just thought it was, I listened to your, your episode this week and yeah, you guys, you guys really, <laughs> you went to town. Like you really let me have it. Um, you... <sighs> What? I just felt like it was such a filler episode. Like it, it really was. Like I found myself, like whenever I watched the Mandalorian I'm always like glued to the TV. Like, I don't want to miss a moment. I have the subtitles on just so, you know, I can um, learn about the lore and make sure I'm picking up on the names correctly. But with this episode, I found myself like playing on Instagram, my phone more often than not. And, you know, I listened to your guys' uh, thoughts on Jedi Talk, and I'm, I'm still not really convinced. As to why this is this was such a great episode? Did we really need to see an episode about Doctor Pershing and and uh, that command officer? I think it was like Ellie or Ellen Kane, Kane or something like that. Yeah, I'm like I don't I don't personally think so. I personally found like you know in the episodes like episodes two and three where they're talking about when they're like with the Kaminoans and they're talking about cloning technology and everything. I, I mean. Well, that's that's such a great story arc, in that in those movies, like I don't feel like, like they, I think they almost spent too much time on it. Like they, they really did, and cloning the cloning technology doesn't seem like it's it was that interesting to me. I feel like they this episode felt a lot more like Andor, and my and that's not a bad with, thing.
0: I'm sick and tired no, of people getting away with no, just saying Andor sucked. you didn't fucking like it? it like suck, but a lot bro. of people did.
1: It does suck. My my um my fear is is that they're gonna use Andor as the standard because every boring person with no personality love this show and they're gonna use this as the standard for Star Wars. And this Andor is not Star Wars. I'm sorry, it just isn't. If you watch episodes, you know, the four, five, and six, that's Star Wars. That is the most Star Warsy Star Wars there is, right? That's what started it all. I'm not saying, you know, that's the, you know everything that came after that was bad, but that's that's true to Star Wars. Andor is like a bore. It, it just seems like it's a boring sci-fi TV sitcom. Like it just, like I could okay, watch it. Stop before talking about ben Andor and
0: talk about the, the no, episode first.
1: I well, I'm gonna i play it into the Mandalorian. Okay. So I could watch it before bed, and I would have the, a nice sound sleep because like I just fell asleep watching this, and. <laughs> this is what this episode felt like. We got this whole storyline about, you know, Dr. Pershing, who, you know, he's being reformed. I think that was kind of cool. Cause you don't obviously see that, right. You know, you don't see what happens to people who defected from, um, you know, the, uh, the galactic empire or whatever, but I don't think we needed a whole episode about this. Like, I think they could have cut a lot of the fat from that and, you know, went back to the Mandalorian I'll say this though too is that maybe this might make more sense as the seasons progress because if this plays into the storyline oh that might make me rethink go back to that episode like okay well that was necessary to the plot of the rest of the season but man I was I was bored and I know you guys talked about like this this is like leading into cloning technology and and uh you know Snoke and everything but I've got to say like i i'll say this again we had this argument before i don't think snoke was an effective villain i don't think he was he didn't inspire fear i mean this is a ratty old man in a bathrobe he's sitting on a chair and he, he makes these statements and he sounds ominous and creepy but i wasn't afraid of him darth vader when he walks into the room you're afraid of him kylo ren same deal palpatine same deal okay these are effective villains Snoke, I don't know. I just never got anything from this character. I don't really care about his backstory or where he comes from, just because I don't, I don't really like. I'm not, a, I, I'm not afraid of this guy. I don't think like he, he went down like a bitch. He did. And don't tell me that like he didn't know about Kylo Ren because like how does he? How does Ray? Ray, who is like new to understanding the Force, sense that there is conflict in in Kylo Ren, but not Snoke. If he's so powerful, you cannot argue that that point because that was just poorly done.
0: Because Ray, so, no, you're a you're a fucking idiot. Ray and Kylo are a diet no. in the Force. They said that like fifty thousand times. Okay, episode okay. nine. I'm going to start what, here. Hold on, hold on. What, Go to episode nine what's for a second. The
1: diet? They don't explain what is a diet in the force. I know,
0: I know. And, and and that's and that's part of my reasoning to, to, to why I think episode so nine isn't that great. That
1: a, how could you use that as an argument if you don't know what it is? They made it in- incredibly
0: clear that a diet in the force was like a connection between two people. So that's even why still, one could see the other.
1: Even still, like, okay. I don't know. I just feel like... You know, maybe Palpatine. You could kind of see that Palpatine sensed like some conflict with with Anakin throughout the maybe the first six movies, right? I just don't think like Snoke. I just don't no, think he Snoke was an effective.
0: He always did. Vader tried to kill Palpatine in the comics, and and Palpatine saw that, and like and he kind of knew it was coming, and, and he he saw that even as more of like a like a uh, sign that he was the chosen one to be his like successor or something, but. Let me go back to episode nine, because this, like, I remember, and I don't know if this is still your favorite Star Wars movie, but when when we did a Star Wars list, I think episode nine was your top movie. Um,
1: so I'll just say real quick, like, I don't think it's the best Star Wars yes, movie, but I, I think it was my favorite, okay. um, just because they pulled everything together, and yes, I do Like accept all the criticisms that come with this movie. There was a lot of loopholes, a lot of things that were just like, okay, like that's just ridiculous. But nevertheless,
0: all right, you said you said loophole. You, You said loophole. This episode is locking up one of those loopholes for episode nine. It's like, how did Palpatine come back before this episode? Like, what what do we know of Palpatine coming back? We know that. His, the body that his Sith soul is residing in in Episode 9 when he's talking to Kylo in the beginning and he's fighting right at the end is a clone body. How did he get to said clone body? How was this process set up for Palpatine to return, right? The biggest thing, one of the probably my biggest issue with Episode 9 is the detraction from my favorite Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, and then just kind of transitioning into episode 9 with, like, oh, Palpatine's back somehow, right? Like, Poe's right. line addressed it, right? That's that's huge. Like, we're finally getting connectivity tissue. And the Bad Batch is doing the same thing because there's a couple of surviving Kaminoans on that season, and there's been a lot of talk about cloning. Um, you know, in uh, two episodes ago, there was cloning of a Zillow Beast done. That was an, an insane, uh, great episode, but it's like it's it's these these issues have to be addressed. It's like I don't know what else, you know, because this this is the time period. This is nine Aby, so this is nine years after the Battle of Yavin, nine years after the first Death Star blew up, right? Um, so Luke's around doing his thing with the school, obviously, as we saw. Um, you know, it's like like the First Order just can't. Sp- Sprout up overnight. We have to eventually start to see those seeds. So this is this is what's being planted, right? Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I didn't I didn't say this on Jedi Talk, right? And, and this is kind of connecting the connect you know connectivity tissue of things. Do you remember the the uh, tie interceptors that were f- that were um, chasing Bo and Mandalorian in like the beginning of this episode? Yes. Okay. The, and then the ones that eventually destroyed. There was a comet that they made that Bo, or I, I believe Bo made, just like, it's like, like uh, that's a lot of ties to be coming from like an, an Imperial warlord. So, I think, and uh, shitty that I didn't make this on Jedi Talk, but I, I thought about it after the fact, after the second time I watched it with Courtney, but I think those ties were coming from Thrawn. I think that was Thrawn. Um, mm. I, because Thrawn's around here somewhere, and if anyone's going to be able to hold that sort of power... Still, after the empire is falling or fallen, it's going to be Grand Animal Thrawn. So, and Episode Four was written by Dave Filoni, and that's what's coming out on Wednesday. So, let's see.
1: Well, you know, I just had a thought. Like, it, it'll be interesting to see how Grogu plays into the rest of this series, because Grogu is kind of being set up to be you know like very special in a lot of ways to the you know to the jedi to the force you know but like there's no mention of him in in episode 7 through 9 like he's non-existent and so i wonder how they're going to you know play into that because if he's such a special character in this world why why wasn't he a part of that like what happens to him you know where is he right so so it'll be interesting to see like uh, more of his, his story i really like how they are kind of keeping him and his backstory a bit of a mystery like they give you bits and pieces here and there but like you really don't know much about him yeah well and
0: like, yeah we're going back to coruscant on for order 66 at least from the what the trailer said i have a feeling we're going to see some of that this week see a little bit back, more backstory about grogu
1: What's, you know, the other thing with this season is it doesn't really seem like it's about anything yet. Like, I think, you know, as far as we know, he went back what? to the <laughs> the waters of Mandalore to, to be restored. I mean, like, okay, well, what does that even really, what, is that, what does that even mean? You know, like, why does he even need to be restored? You know, because he's been kind of doing his own thing anyway. Like, who cares? But he was
0: always part of the Crete. like, he was always part of the Mandalorian. Creed like he was a Mandalorian he was recognized by his family right he was always accepted but now that he took his helmet off he was k- exiled right you know I remember the uh, Paz Vizsla when he came back after bathing he said Paz was like get the fuck out of here he's like no I bathed in the waters I have this proof let me go show the armor or the Mandalore whoever's leading everybody um and yeah well, why
1: is that so in- why is that so important though like I just feel like that's, that's the Mandalorian I'm, I'm sure- culture I'm I'm sure this is not like what this season is about. Like maybe there's more it. to it, but uh, it doesn't seem like there's like really a like a real um, overarching story just yet. I'm not saying that there won't be, but
0: it's about it's he- reestablishing Mandalore. Like that they they've planted the seeds to that, and it's about how the First Order and how you know essentially Snoke and Palpatine came to be. Like that's that's what I'm seeing right now. Again, so, I'm a nerd, and so I know more than the general populace.
1: Do you think like they're really, you know, this is leading up to like filling in the gaps of episode probably nine, or maybe you can even say seven yes. through nine.
0: See, yeah, this is uh, this is this is building sequel trilogy, like connectivity, right? Because we got three flicks, but there's still so a bunch more shit going on in the galaxy, right? This is a this this. Series, in this season specifically, is a smooth transition from original trilogy time period to sequel. And that's that's what we're getting, especially in episode three. I think by the end of this season, I feel really confident that you're going to go back to this episode and be like, I get it now.
1: Yeah, you know what? I Absolutely. And we will, you know, obviously go back when, what is it, like nine episodes this uh, season or something? Eight. eight? Okay, so we're going we're to be on episode 4 this week. So, yeah, we'll definitely... After episode 8, we'll go back and, and we'll talk about it. Like, you know, uh, see how this made sense or if I feel differently. Maybe I will. I, I would certainly be open to it. Good. But as it stands now, I feel like it, it was like the worst episode.
0: Ever of The Mandalorian?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like... It's the one that sticks out to me where I'm just like, okay, I'm getting nothing here, okay. so I'll say that. But you know, it's like sometimes. Is that what you your prom date in. told you that she was? Yeah. Gonna, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> um, sometimes you need some filler. Like <laughs> I've always said this about like. Supernatural which is one of my favorite shows like they have the story which is which is uh, it was good for like the first couple of seasons but then like I always like the filler you know this the, the episodes where they just veer off and like we're not talking about the main story we're just doing something random and so sometimes that's a good thing but uh, in any case we'll see what happens
0: and there you have it Kyle's the only person who ever watched Supernatural so all right
1: are you kidding me? This is like this ran for fifteen seasons. Like, right, there's, there's a, a lot huge of challenge. yeah.
0: Every year, there's new teenage girls that that come into the world. So I get it. I get it. fifteen. Uh uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay.
0: I do. Um, well, any who, in any event, you guys have been great. We have been the Fourth Mother Box. Follow us on Instagram at Fourth Mother Box, uh, Facebook Fourth Mother Box Podcast to hear about our stories. Go check out my new 72 Seasons tattoo and tell us what you thought about this episode. Um, thank you for joining with us this, through this whole time and if you're new to the show Kyle normally ends the show with his final thoughts or he stumbles through. So Kyle, please please finish the show.
1: I'm just going to uh, end it and I've promoted this before but if you if you are a fan of Jedi Talk please stop listening to it. I mean you you could just do so many so many better things with your life than listen to these three idiots talk about nonsense for three for, for an hour um, I don't know so fuck you jedi talk you suck you suck you suck you suck you suck you suck